you're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together a crew. I'm a driver. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> L3! Let's go with the mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might wanna buckle up, baby. give you some advice. We assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it! All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Clashing Sabers podcast. Uh, this is a different intro for me because it's a different episode. We're talking about the solo trailer, and we wanted to get a, a reaction out to you, uh, good folks, as soon as we could. So we're each recording a little something uh, about our thoughts on this trailer, and I'm going to compile compile them all together, and you can kind of uh, take what you want and leave what you don't agree with, and and just have some fun conversation with us before we jump into that. Uh, please make sure you're following us on Twitter, uh, subscribe to the network, because we are pumping out podcasts like crazy. I know there's another episode of the huge hit Forever Star Wars coming out this week, so I am super, super excited about that episode, uh, and we just have a whole bunch of stuff coming out all the time, so make sure you're following us on Twitter, and when you do, just say hello. Like We're all about conversation and discussion here. Um, I've had some great discussions over the past few weeks with just some amazing uh, Star Wars fans. Um, so make sure you're, you're following us there so you can get all that good info. And, and when shows like this come out, it's already there in your feed. Um, wow. Okay, so the solo trailer came out last night, and I watched it about five times already. Uh, it's about 4 o'clock in the morning here in Houston, Texas. And I watched it a couple times this morning. I watched it about three times last night. And it's so interesting because I, every time I'm, I'm realizing – Oh my god, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. The whole middle portion of the trailer the first time I must have blacked out because I don't remember the good majority of the middle of the trailer as I'm watching it the second time. I'm like, I don't remember seeing that. I don't remember seeing that. So because this trailer has so much to it, I just thought we would walk step by step through the two minutes and 26 seconds uh, that it is. And I can just kind of share my thoughts with you and send you over to our other panelists. 
um, I guess you could say. So starting off right away, uh, I wanted to note like this was an interesting uh, trailer release. This, this whole marketing scheme for Solo has been really interesting to me. Um, if you haven't heard already, they're going to be premiering this at the Cannes Film Festival, which is, uh, I believe, in France, but it's, it's a very different thing for a major movie studio, particularly like the movie studio, Disney, to be releasing a Star Wars movie, a huge box office movie at the Cannes Film Festival. So I think that uh, they're trying new things to drum up excitement for this movie because the, the reaction has been lukewarm unto this point. I feel like this has kind of been a turning point here. People were wanting more. What's the story? You know, we're about golly, a month and a half away from this movie. And we, uh, until today, until today, didn't really know much. So I think that's pretty interesting. Also pretty interesting was their release of this trailer on American Idol. Um, I'm not an American Idol fan, but my girlfriend is. So I ended up watching it with her, just waiting for this trailer. And, and it got me thinking, um, was this a ploy, for lack of a better term, to get eyes on the solo trailer? Or was the solo trailer getting eyes on American Idol? So just a little sun, uh, food for thought there. But let's go ahead and get started on this trailer. And right away, I love the look. It feels very, that first shot feels like a very poor man's Canto Bite, which I thought was pretty interesting. And then you get the shot that sold it for me, which was the construction of the Star Destroyer above Corellia, um, I think we can assume. I think it's cool that they are keeping Corellia as an industrial planet. There's no reason to change that kind of stuff if, if you don't need to. And then we have Enfy's nest, uh, stare down with uh, Han Solo there, and then uh, stepping in with Lando. And <laughs> this movie isn't even out yet, and it has two of my favorite lines of Star Wars uh, of all time. The one from the first trailer, uh, it's fine, we're fine. Uh, if you listen to my reaction there, you know I'm obsessed with that line. Um, and now we have Lando saying, everything you've heard about me is true. I just think that's... So Lando. And there's lines in here that you can tell uh, that Lawrence Kasdan wrote it because he makes allusions to thoughts uh, that we've had about the characters as fans to past um, movies and stuff without overwhelming you or, or it being cheesy um, in terms of the allusions there. So looks like we're going to see the Sabat game that won Han the Falcon. And Kira's... Uh, voiceover on this trailer which I, I i've heard some people weren't crazy about that first part because it was a little too much exposition i really uh i really enjoyed it actually and i kind of hope that this is a movie where for the first good portion of the movie we don't know why han solo is doing the things he's doing why is he going and uh winning the falcon why is he maybe helping chewbacca different things like that you, you don't know what the plan is and then everything kind of comes together and and it just like is one of those moments where it all kind of clicks and you're like oh I see why they did all of that kind of stuff I find those types of films interesting uh, here we have another shot of the Falcon Lucasfilm logo blah 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 I like I like the look of the Falcon uh, it took a while for it to grow on me but I I'm starting to come around to the possibilities of it Paul Bettany looks fantastic I I I love that they are keeping the look of the villain very simple uh, because you already have 
uh, Envy's Nest, which is a, a female character, one, which is awesome, but also she has that menacing vibe to her um, in terms of costume design. So keeping Paul Bettany very simple with just the scars all over his face, um, it, it's an interesting dichotomy I think could be uh, very fun to play with in the movie. And then you have Han being Han. I'm a driver. I'm a pilot. I'm excited to see uh, him flying in this because we talk a lot about who the best pilot is, hashtag Hera, but it'll be fun to actually see Han do some real piloting because we never really get to see that in the original trilogy. Uh, A New Hope, we don't get to see anything miraculous. He's flying, you know, he tries to get them away from the Death Star and fails, and then he comes back at the end um, and swoops in to save the day. But you don't really get the the feel that he's the amazing pilot he thinks he is. Where And then you move to Empire, and you have the asteroid field uh, situation, which obviously is a great pilot, but in terms of just like last-second moves and everything's going on and only a certain type of driver and pilot could pull this off, I, I want that kind of feel for Han Solo, and I feel like we're getting it. I also like the feeling they give us with the, the scene around the fireside that that Han is the rookie here. Um, I think that'll be really interesting because we've always kind of seen him as like the the veteran of the galaxy, for lack of a better term. Um, you know, when that he gets together with uh, with Leia and Luke, he's the one who's been through the the muck of it and is kind of disenfranchised by it. So I'm sure we're gonna see kind of that throughout this movie. <laughs> the Interaction between Han and Chewie, I really want this to be a centerpiece of the film as it goes along. Because one, Han and Chewie are fantastic, why would you not want that? But Alden looks really comfortable uh, around Chewbacca, it looks looks very natural, it looks like Han would um, look like. I'm wondering if we're going to see the life debt, I, I think we might hear an allusion to it, I don't know if we're actually going to see where that life debt came to be. Um, I think they're going to kind of stick with the idea that Han and Chewie just belong together. And it could be a life debt or it could just be best friends, but they they are there for each other and, and they stand up for each other and they belong together. Uh, the feeling that this uh, this film has is very Rogue One, but the seedier side that we didn't get to see. And do we need to say anything else about Land- uh, Lando? Donald Glover, amazing. Let go of the mean man's face. It just, he's so Lando. He's Lando. A point blank period, end of story. Thank you. Good night. Fantastic. L3 seems really, really cool. I'm going to be interested to see how the Falcon got the way that it did. I know that was a major uh, piece of the original trailer that people were talking about, but that's a lot of change in a very short time. The train sequence, I think, is going to be a legendary Star Wars sequence. You know what's interesting is we have like some of the best action scenes in Star Wars since the release of, uh, or since the purchase by Disney. I mean, we have the Praetorian Guard scene, the train scene seems like it's going to be right up that alley. Um, In The Force Awakens, you had the amazing battle on Takadana, which I think is just visually one of the most stunning presentations that we've had of a battle scene. You, of course, have Scarif, uh, which is just amazing at the end of Rogue One. And I think part of that is, like, 
the things that they can do with CGI now um, allows for more flexibility in terms of their storytelling and um, how kind of crazy and unique they can go with where these scenes are happening and visually how they look and, and stuff. But what I really like is they give us a full scope of what's going on for all these battles. Um, a lot of movies that are CGI centric try to hide that by having like things very close up. I'm looking at you Transformers and it doesn't look like Star Wars is going to do that. It looks like um, they're going to give us these full scale battles and we're going to get to see like the scope of the whole thing, which I think is important for a story that's uh, so grand and the world building is such a, a critical piece of what keeps us involved in this and to see the different styles of battle scenes that are going on. I mean, if you go back to The Force Awakens, you have Takodana, which is a, kind of a space and land battle mashup, uh, even though they're not in space, but you have the, the spaceships and the TIE fighters and X-Wings going at it over the planet, and then you have the stormtroopers and the um, resistance fighters and the smugglers and stuff on the ground uh, going at it. Then you move to um, Rogue One and Scarif, same thing. Like They could have zoomed in on the ships, but they really stayed um, with the, the battle as a whole and let you see really what was going on uh, on the whole. And then um, the Praetorian Guard scene in The Last Jedi, and even in Crate, um, they they zoomed out a lot, which, and, and when they did zoom in, it wasn't like for the action, it was focused on the characters. So I, I think that's going to be something um, that's a trend in these Star Wars films we're getting from Disney. And, and I'm a huge fan of that visual style. Everything in this movie just looks fantastic. So now I'm on the part, okay, now the Wookiees touching heads. Uh, that is, yeah, that is, period. Uh, it'll be really cool to see um, who that is, if that's one of Chewbacca's kids, or if that's a wife, or just a really good friend, um, maybe somebody that he uh, kind of stops, not being loyal to, um, but stops hanging out with as much once he decides that he's going to help Han and that he's sticking with his life debt. Because one thing we learned from that life debt from the uh, Brian Daly trilogy, I'm sorry, no, the A.C. Crispin trilogy of Star Wars stories, is for a Wookiee to not stick with his life debt is like the worst thing that could happen. Um, there's a, a scene in there where Han offers to let Chewbacca stay with his family, um, you know, because he's Han Solo, he's got a heart of gold, and, and they tell him, like, while we know what you're trying to do, that's the most disrespectful thing you could possibly do to a Wookiee. The most disrespe disrespectful thing you could offer to a Wookiee. And so to possibly um, see an idea like that in the story um, would be interesting. My one major qualm with all these Disney Star Wars movies, I just don't like the monsters. Uh, I just... Star Wars isn't a monster movie, and we've gotten the Rathtars, which... I hate the design of, um, if you've listened in the past, you know I hate the Nightwatcher worm from Forces of Destiny. For Gullet, I think, is just dumb. And now we've got another big octopus space thing going on. It's just, I don't know, I don't need monsters in my Star Wars. Um, aliens, foreign creatures, yeah, but I just don't, I don't see the need for it. But hey, that's just me. Back to the Han Chewbacca banter. Um, I'm on the part where Han says... When did you learn to fly? Which is really ironic considering 
where we see Chewbacca at in The Last Jedi, and that the last thing we saw of him was him proving that he may be the best pilot in the galaxy. Uh, and Han's like, 190? You look great. Uh, I, I just love the idea that Han Solo's still bantering during, you know, a stressful situation like that. It's so, it's so Han, it alludes back to Han and Leia um, in Empire Strikes Back, and just great. And I think that's one of the good things about uh, Lawrence Kasdan writing this is he knows the character so well that he can and do those things and kind of make you think about uh, what we know about Han Solo already without being heavy handed uh, on it. And then we get a whole bunch of action stuff. Um, I don't really try to put too much focus on the action stuff during a trailer because it's just they're so pieced together in so many different ways. Um, and then, of course, the Chewbacca almost getting his head chopped off. We obviously know that he doesn't, unless the back-to-tanks can do things we never thought possible, <laughs> which I doubt. But I am, I'm pumped for this movie. I, I'm, I'm more excited than I have ever been, so the trailer did exactly uh, what I wanted it to do. If, if you listen, uh, in the past, you know I skipped The Last Jedi uh, trailers um, in favor of uh, going in mystery with a mystery to it and and i haven't decided what i'm going to do as far as episode nine i've thankfully got some time to figure that out but when uh when these spin-off films these star wars story films come out i'm all in on watching the trailer and listening to reactions and stuff um, i i think we've got our a really really fantastic movie on our hands a couple uh final points before i close up my section the music is uh, so good uh, i'm sure you're going to hear that a couple more times on this episode the music is so good and i and i I want them to kind of take risks with the music, not major risks. Like, I don't want full-on rock and roll or hip-hop in Star Wars, but kind of do what Kevin Kiner did with Clone Wars and kind of take take it in different directions, but still make it feel like Star Wars. Um, that's a lot easier said than done, but this trailer kind of does that. So I, I, I would like at least a little bit of this movie to have kind of that... Um, western vibe to it in terms of the music um, i think that would really really be interesting the thing that i am most excited about for this movie is just getting to see i, I feel like we're going to see a han solo who almost crosses that line of hey i'm i'm a good dude but I'm not quite ready to to be the rebellion leader that you see me in the original trilogy. Um, I think when we leave the theater, or at least I hope when we leave the theater, we don't have a bad taste in our mouth about Han Solo, obviously, but kind of a oh, he's not the he's not the guy I kind of hoped he was. Um, it's something that Ryan talked about on the Last Jedi uh, documentary, um, one of the special features in terms of DJ is we're so conditioned to because of Han Solo to think that, you know, the, the smuggler, the, the scoundrel with the heart of gold and DJ proves that that's not always the case. And I would kind of like to see that not be the case for Han Solo um, because it could really beef up what he does in the original trilogy and how much Luke and Leia mean to him. I don't think the focus of the film should be on, Hey, Han's not, the person you thought he was, um, he's a scoundrel, he's not um, this altruistic person yet, but I think just the overall story, um, I think if it's effective, 
then it will boost the original trilogy. Um, it will boost his character in the original trilogy and make it uh, more interesting. That's one thing I feel like the Han Solo books kind of lacked is they didn't make him any more interesting uh, for the original trilogy. Um, it felt like a lot of um, unnecessary explanation of certain things, um, some heavy-handed allusions and, and things like that and in terms of the books. Um, I don't get the feeling uh, that that's going to be the case when we get to the movie. I, I don't feel like it's going to be something where we're like, oh yeah, remember he does this in the original trilogy? But I think it's going to be um, something where like, where once we digest it a little bit more, we are going to be like, oh man, think about, you know, he did this to person X and then he did the opposite thing um, with Luke and Leia and that shows how much they mean to him. So I think that would be a, a really interesting uh theme to have going on throughout the movie. So I've just talked almost 20 minutes about a two-minute trailer, but um, you guys know us. We are the longest short podcast on the internet in the galaxy, so hopefully you're enjoying um, some of the stuff we're putting out. Hopefully you enjoy the rest of this episode. So here you go. Take it away, Mark. Everything you've heard about me is true. <laughs> okay, so I've mentioned on the show before, I think, that when it was first announced that there would be a Han Solo standalone film, I wasn't really as excited for that um, as I was for the concept of Rogue One. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'll be there opening weekend. But what I needed the Han Solo movie to do was to prove itself to me. I wanted Lucasfilm to show me why I needed a Han Solo movie. And I can safely say, and most definitely after seeing this full trailer that I need to see a Han Solo movie. This is likely a line that's going to be repeated, but I have a really good feeling about this. Now, maybe that's just the Star Wars optimist in me. I, I really, everything that I'm seeing just makes me more and more excited to see this film. The cast looks so, so good. I'm not necessarily a big Woody Harrelson fan, but I do like what I've seen him in. And, and whenever he's in a film, he always seems to bring uh, a certain something to it that's kind of hard to define. He's sort of like right there on the edge of being someone that you don't really trust, who could who could really go sideways quickly as a character. And I think that that tension could bring a lot to the dynamic between um, Alden playing the younger Han Solo and um, Woody playing uh, Beckett, which is his mentor. But to speak of directly to the, this trailer, when it first started, uh, the first half of the trailer was... Uh, a little underwhelming only because it was showing us a lot of stuff that we'd already seen. And right away, one of the things that I noticed was Alden is not speaking. And that had me a little worried because he didn't do a lot of talking in the first one. And so this was one I expected to get a lot more of the character. Because I felt like if, if Alden was doing a great job as Han, they would really want to put him out there front and center as being, hey, this is this guy's Han Solo. We know you're all going to embrace him as the character. So the fact that they kept him quiet during the first half was making me just a little jittery. Um, but then, sure enough, um, he starts uh, delivering lines, and it feels like Han. I mean, he, he still does not look like Han. He looks nothing like Han. He doesn't sound like Han. His voice doesn't sound like Han. But the character, the things he's saying, his his interactions, his timing, um, the way he interacts with Chewie, that's Han Solo. 
So unless it just completely goes in a completely different direction once we see the film, just based on this trailer, I have I have no worries about Alden as Han at this point. So we saw a couple of, of interesting, uh, cool new things. Um, an Imperial Shipyard, which was... Uh, I had to, had to actually watch it twice to catch that that was a Star Destroyer in orbit or, or in the sky that's, that was being constructed. Um, so I'm not really sure where that takes place. Um, I don't think Corellia was a shipyard, but I could be wrong about that. Um, somebody with more knowledge about Star Wars would probably need to answer that question. Um, something very interesting jumped out at me in this trailer, and I'm curious to see if um, Brandon or, or uh, Drew or Lindsay will mention this. Um, the line from Beckett about a high-profile gangster is assembling this team for a job, and they cut to Paul Bettany, and the implication is that Paul Bettany is this high-profile, big-time gangster. I think that's a total misdirect. I think the gangster is Jabba. That's, I'm going on record as saying I'm pretty sure that the gangster who's putting together the team is Jabba the Hutt. Now, I'm not going to bet any money, so I'm not going to be out any money, but I really, really want to see Jabba the Hutt in this film. And it's not so much because um, of the Easter egg factor. It's just because I feel like there are certain things that we have to see. We know we're going to see the Kessel Run. And because Han has such um, an important relationship with Jabba that runs all through the original trilogy, you have to have him be a presence in this film. I mean, it just would not make any sense to not have Jabba's presence at all in this movie. So that's my guess. Um, the gangster is Jabba, so... Um, I'm probably not the first or only person that's going to make that claim, so I'm, I'm not going to say you've heard, you, you've heard it here first. So what else? Um, the art design. I think I said this last time, but the cinematography, um, well, we, we did this write-up um, with all of our reactions for the teaser trailer, and I think I mentioned that the cinematography just looks fantastic. The locations, the uh, everything looks, this movie looks ambitious and gritty. Even a little bit steampunk, um, which I kind of dig. Um, the worlds look interesting. Um, the bad guys look amazing. Um, I never get tired of seeing new versions of Stormtroopers. Uh, I realize that some people have a problem with, with never seeing these guys turn up in the original trilogy, but hey, it's a big galaxy, um, and I can roll with it. Um, in fact, just keep bringing on new, new versions of Stormtroopers, and I'll be absolutely happy. Um the banter between Han and Chewie is just fantastic. In fact, when Han and Chewie's interactions kick in in the second half of this trailer, that's when I was really getting amped up. Um, the relationship between Chewie and Han is probably the most important relationship in the whole film. I mean, that to me is what has to work perfectly. And everything I've seen so far between, between Han and Chewie is spot on. Uh, that little moment where, um, you know, Han kind of says, well, what do you know? And he turns away, just had me laughing out loud. Um, cause that just feels like such a moment between those two characters. And I think that's, what's going to add to the fun factor. And as much as I love the last Jedi, I'm one of those people who loved it. I'm ready for something fun. I'm ready for something light. 
Uh, we get to see a little bit more of L3. Uh, L3 is, is still reminding me a lot of um, K2SO. Maybe a little less sardonic and a little more brash, but uh, that, that looks like yet another um, entry into the uh, amusing uh, droid sidekick character hall of fame, which these movies are, are racking up an impressive array of, of uh, droid sidekicks. Beckett has a great line. Um, the assume that everyone will betray you and you'll never be disappointed is such a great line. And it's lines like that which give me reason to believe that the rumors that this is one of the best Star Wars scripts uh, by Kasdan, this appears to be the story that Kasdan was meant to write uh, for Han Solo. I, I fully expect Beckett to be the one who ultimately betrays Han and sets him down his path of going it alone and not trusting anybody and kind of looking out for himself. Because um, he seems to be very eager in this in the beginning of this trailer to to be part of this team. Like he wants to be part or, or a part of something bigger. Um, so it's kind of a nice foreshadowing of what he eventually becomes as someone who's fighting for the rebellion. He's obviously somebody who sees the value of working with other people, but at some point along the way, uh, he suffered uh, some kind of uh, personal uh, betrayal or setback or something or loss that caused him to be much more callous and um, mistrusting of other people and much more uh, just in it for the money. Oh, how can I how can I not mention that Chewie drops a dude on his head, just plunk right on his head? I'm like. That's, you know, come on. I'm already sold, but now it's just, now now it's moved from something that I didn't think I needed to see to, oh, I'm, I absolutely have to see this. So I've gone through this, this whole review, and I haven't mentioned Kira. But there really isn't a lot of Kira in this trailer. And that tells me that her they're keeping her character a little bit of a mystery. Um, my guess is that there's going to be something about Kira which propels the story forward or really affects Han in some profound way. Um, we know that I think from sort of just background information and some of the canon material that's, that's starting to come out or will be coming out closer to the film, Kira and Han grew up together. So they've had a relationship for several years. And I think because that's probably the person that he's the most connected with at the start of the film, um, she's going to be the most crucial character in his development um, from this film, uh, leading into the events of a new hope. Um, so I do expect to, to either have something with Kira involving betrayal or loss, or, I mean, who knows, maybe she will actually turn away from the lifestyle, um, and show him that the path he's heading down is the wrong one. I mean, there's so many different possibilities, but the fact that, that they're telling us very little about her suggests that, uh, there's more of a bigger reveal about her coming down the line. I would have loved to have gotten more Lando. Um, I think what we did get from Donald Glover was perfect because uh, the smirks and the and the suaveness and everything came through. Um, the the everything you've heard about me is true line. The droid is pouring the drink into it, and he just kind of and he's not even looking at the drink. <laughs> was that was like yeah, that's Lando. Um, but like I've said before, I think that Donald Glover is going to be their ace up the sleeve because I think that he's really gonna when people see his version of Lando I think people will be saying forget a Han Solo sequel can we have a Lando standalone movie so wrap to wrap up my general thoughts 
Uh, like I've said, uh, Alden does not look like Harrison Ford, and he doesn't speak like Harrison Ford, but everything about his performance so far in the trailer looks like Han Solo to me. And plus, um, Alden has incredible chemistry with Amelia Clark. He definitely has chemistry with Donald Glover as Lando, and without a doubt, the most important relationship of all is he has to have chemistry with Chewie, and every moment that they're on screen together looks like it's it's absolutely the chemistry that I expected. So yeah, I'm. Uh, it looks like a fantastic ride. I'm definitely excited. I I was cautiously optimistic. Now I'm kind of unabashedly optimistic, if you could say that. I tend to skew towards the, the optimistic side anyway. I never want these movies to do poorly. And I'm definitely not a cynical person when it comes to Star Wars. Star Wars to me is about positivity and optimism. So I'm always going to look at it as the glass half full. And uh, this is not just me putting on rose-colored glasses. This looks like a great movie. So um, we only have a few more weeks to see. So I'll turn it back over to you guys. And I look forward to hearing what everyone else's thoughts are. What do you think? Well, what do you know? All right. So with just six weeks away, give or take a couple days, we finally got the new teaser trailer for the solo movie. And I know I said this at first, but I really was not on board for this movie when it was first announced and when all those issues came up. Um, But when I saw the very first trailer for this, I was totally, totally psyched about it. This trailer kind of took away from my excitement a little bit, um, and that's really because of the first half of it. It was, in my opinion, just pure exposition, but in the form of very bad impressions. If you ask me, I think that Han and Lando are going to be the worst parts about this movie. I do think, though, that Amelia Clark is going to absolutely kill it. Woody Harrelson seems really cool, and Paul Bettany's character is going to be incredible. Um, I know we only got a couple seconds of him, but that's why I think he's going to be so good. I think that they're going to really play him close to the chest. Um, we're not going to find out a lot about him until we get much closer to the movie, if at all. But I think him and Amelia Clark are going to be the ones who really steal the show on this. Um, but that being said, there's definitely a lot to like about this trailer, and I really did. The second half, when we get into the action and the fun and the excitement that we're going to see in this movie, that's the part that I really like and is probably the reason I watched it like 60 times last night. Um, But I think the new vehicles we're going to get, I love the um, the new troopers on that train monorail type thing. Can't wait to learn more about that, see what's going on there. Um, but really, I think this movie is going to disappoint in terms of what we've seen before and what we should be excited about and blow us away with the new characters that we're going to get and the new type of storylines. Um, really hoping for just a good heist movie here, like an Ocean's Eleven type thing and see what kind of cast of characters we get. But overall, I'm still excited about this movie, definitely more so than I was 
uh, three, four months ago. Not as much as I was that first week of February, though. Overall, just waiting for tickets to come out. I'm going to see it four or five times opening day, regardless of how excited I am about this. But I'm I'm expecting something fun, not something memorable after this. Uh, really hard to break it down shot by shot the way we could the last Jedi trailer or even the Rogue One trailer when we had more to go off of. And we knew who some of these characters were and we knew what uh, situations they were going to be in. So it's really hard to judge this trailer in terms of how it's actually going to relate to the movie and how it's going to relate to the rest of the Star Wars universe. But I don't know. Strap in. We'll find out together. L3! Let's go with the mean man's face. All right, there you have it. There's our reaction to the Solo trailer. Hopefully we had some little nuggets in there that made you uh, want to go back and watch it again and think about uh, what we're going to see come May 25th. It's like a month and a couple weeks away. It's insane to think that Solo is this close and that we're just now really getting pumped up for it. But I'm excited. Uh, I went to Denny's this last weekend to get the Solo cups um, and the trading cards. And it's just fun, uh, the, the build-up to this film, um, which hopefully means the film is going to be a lot of fun. I think it is. So if you want to share your thoughts about the uh, the solo trailer or what might happen in the movie or your, just your general thoughts about anything we've talked about on any of our episodes on any of our shows, uh, you can hit us up at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com or over on the Twitter at ClashingSabers. So come by, say hello, let us know you're digging our stuff, or uh, if you disagree with our stuff. We've had some great people writing in uh, telling us that we were wrong, and, and that's cool. Uh, it's all about that fun discussion. So let us know your thoughts on the solo trailer and all things Star Wars. And until we see you next time, remember you're one with the Force, and the Force is with you. Catch you later. The podcast you just listened to and all other Clashing Sabers productions are the intellectual property of ClashingSabers.net. All sounds and materials used from other creators is their stuff, and we just use information on educational purposes. Bottom line, we made it, it's ours, they made it, it's theirs. Seems simple, but if you're still confused, feel free to email us at ClashingSabersNetwork at gmail.com. We have no association with Lucasfilm, Disney, or any of the other fine companies that make all this stuff we talk about. But, Kathleen Kennedy, if you need anything, let me know. I work for cheap. Now let's blow this thing and get out of here. Fly. 190 years old? You look great.